1: um so by not sharing ourselves and telling our stories um we're hiding ourselves because we fear that if we show up authentically like we won't fit into society or somebody else's like values They're speakers
0: authors and real life rock stars bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock Taking conversation all the way to eleven. Most shows only go to ten. Well, it's one louder, isn't
1: it? These go to eleven. To
0: eleven. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and brant mensmar
2: Welcome everybody to Thoughts That Rock. Slow motion running gyms for all of the edition. people
0: listening to the podcast, that really is effective.
2: There are about eight or nine people that watch us visually as well. Yeah. Come on, man. That's okay. really for them more okay. than anything else. Fine. That's true. Everybody else is like, What what is happening right now? Fine. Welcome everybody. You know the deal. It is we think your favorite podcast. That's what we tell ourselves That's anyway. Right. And right. uh You know, if you're a first time listener, this is a 30 to 40 minute podcast and we're just trying to solve problems. That's all we really do around here. Trying to help, help, help a brother and a sister out.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. That's it. That's it. We are super excited. We have, oh yeah, just such a fun guest today. Um, You know, normally when, when we have guests, we are, we get we get
2: them. They're not that fun.
0: Well, when we get them from everywhere, right. (laughs) But rarely do they reach out on their own um, with a compelling email in the proper format that actually addresses how we run our show and is in the idea and style of which we do things. And they give us what their actual thoughts would be like.
2: Yeah. If you're going to invite yourself to the party, you should listen to the party first, right? You should know what you're doing. did
0: everything right to the point that we were like, please come on the show. Yeah. And we now use her uh, example for anyone who really wants to be on the show. So if you're our, want to be on the show or you are a representative of someone, don't just send us some BS PR bullshit. We don't want that. We want you to send us something in the format of which we do so that it makes sense. And we read it. Otherwise, you know what we do?
2: Delete. This that's happens a couple do. times a year. You get on a rant during Sorry. one of the guest the, intros, talk, but that's fine. Molly Cider, Molly um,
0: <laughs> she is a uh, ICF accredited life coach. Yeah, um, amazing. She has an incredibly popular podcast called "I Am This Age." Love it. And um, she's a storyteller and teaches people how to tell their stories. Right? Uh, helps helps people to make big change, no matter how old they are or think they are. Um, um, and she was fantastic today. And we talked about so many things. She happens to also have spent a former life as um, a wine professional, sort of in yeah. every aspect of the wine business, but um, worked at Probably one of the greatest wine shops in New York City um, known to man, and uh, had these amazing. We're probably going to have her back on. For yeah, we have to now. To drink wine for people who don't like wine.
2: Um, and, and, and you're going to hear in the episode, we were pretty transparent. Truth be told, we had a whole, I don't know, 15, 20 minute conversation yes. about her former life, yes. which has nothing to do with what she's doing right now. But uh, no. it was. It was a lot of fun. She gave some meaty stuff and there were some really good stories, which since we're talking about, yeah. you know, how to tell your story, that's yeah. the topic. And she just, she's an expert at it and it fit in perfectly with a lot of the things that we're doing in, in our day to day as well. So we think Great. you're going to love this episode. Right ah, there she is.
1: Hi. Molly
2: Cider. How are you? I'm
1: good. How are you guys?
2: We're good. Look at us acting like she's just not showing up when really we just had a whole full-on 20-minute conversation before we pushed record, and it has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today.
0: We don't often talk to people who've spent a lifetime sort of in the wine business before what they do now, Yes, and with a name that sounds like something I'd order at the local pub. Uh, give me one of those Molly ciders, please. Um, <laughs> you know, how do you
1: not?
0: How do you not it's have fitting. that conversation? Yeah. Right?
2: I told Brant what we were going to be doing. I said, this is the topic and this is this is great. And uh, he went with the one thing we're not even we're not even going to be talking about today. Yeah. But yeah. now we have another episode right. that we're going to have to do with Molly. I can't wait. Love.
1: I can't wait. Right.
2: It's going to be fun. Yeah. So today, though, um, Let's tell people we we said uh, in the intro, obviously, that you were a long time uh, wine professional and aficionado, but obviously we're gonna lean into your background as a professional life coach, uh, specifically with some of the things that you're doing with regards to helping people tell their story and and really understand their true identities they can live a life of purpose which is really a lot of what your work is about as well so we're just so thrilled that uh you're spending a little bit of time with us Mm -hmm. and so hopefully people have uh have already checked out the the graphic and know that we're going to be talking about how in fact do you tell your story so honestly we're just going to leave the floor open to you molly what is your first thought that rocks when it comes to how do you tell your story
1: yeah. Well, thank you for that um, wonderful intro, Intro, first of all, I'm so happy to be here. Um, yeah. My first thought on how to tell your story is what do I mean by sharing your story and why don't we share our stories enough? And what I mean is, you know, first of all, we all have sh- stories, right? That's kind of all we do. We, ha- we share our stories over the dinner table, on the phone, we were just sharing stories before this podcast started. Um, but we also tell ourselves stories and those are the stories that i'm really talking about so we tend not to talk about the things that like we think that if the world knew about would make us look bad right so we we have these internal stories that we've already created meaning around and we're often afraid to share those with the world because we um we're afraid that if we do that the world will then reflect back at us, what we have already decided is true about ourselves and that story. And that's usually something that's bad, right? That's usually something like, we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, Mm -hmm. we're not, you know, attractive enough, we're not lovable, something like that. And so we hide and we're, um, we hide these like huge chunks of ourselves from the world. And when we hide, we are not showing up to the world authentically. We can't possibly be. And we spend so much energy hiding who we really are, um, which means that like we're not able to be fully engrossed in the things that we really care about and the things that we really value. And we also um, oftentimes don't even know like what we value, like what we value versus what we've been told to value. We mix up our values with other people's values. Um, so by not sharing ourselves and telling our stories, um, we're hiding ourselves because we fear that if we show up authentically, like we won't fit into society or somebody else's like values box. We think that if we, you know, if we do, if we share our stories, if we share who we really are with all of those mistakes and all the like, maybe unconventional values that we won't be loved and we won't belong. Yeah. Um, yeah. So also, we're, we, we have a, like a biased view of our stories, right? So if we're unwilling to share our narratives with another person, we only see our side of the story. And then as human beings, we're wired to look for proof, like out in the world that, um, that, that, that prove our stories that we're telling us to be true.
2: Right. Perfect layup. Right. I know you're going to want (laughs) to, I mean, you're, you're, you're
0: you're right in my wheelhouse. Yes. So, you know, we've had over 10,000 people um, more than ten thousand I will get corrected by our our Keisha our yeah. uh, content um, police um, I have we've had more than 10,000 people take the black sheep values assessment which helps people discover what their five non-negotiable values are and you know what we know after uh, you know almost three years of of people doing this is we we sort of have the five, most shared values among all humans, and and part of what you're talking about, um, fits right in to what the data tells us. Right. So the the five most shared values are connection, integrity, authenticity, personal growth, and creativity. Um, and and when we're talking about telling stories uh, and trying to be authentic, uh, that doesn't happen without. The integrity piece right so the integrity piece is really about creating a safe space so that you can show up authentically and not worry uh, or have a fear of judgment or you know being looked down upon or made fun of or any of those sorts of things that happen um but there is so few um places of integrity where you feel comfortable enough that we simply won't share those stories or the stories we share will not be authentic right and yeah. uh, in that way um and so how do you deal with how do you encourage someone to share their story in a place that the integrity is either suspect or they don't know enough about the space to know whether it's safe or not
1: Oh, that's such a good point and such a good question and, um, um, relevant to my thought number three, um, (laughs) which is how to share your story or how to start. But, you know, I think, I think the really important thing is a, yes, like find a space that is safe, um, and find somebody who, you know, is willing to listen and who can really listen like properly and not just like throw you know, advice that you like thoughtless advice that you or whatever. Um, But I would say, you know, listening is as important as sharing. And so asking lots of questions and getting super curious um, Mm. because then you can decide, you know, once you like understand the person and the space better, then you get to choose. Is this somebody who, or is this a space where I feel safe to do this? And if not, you know, don't, you get to pick. Yeah.
0: So, you know, I think this ties back to the fundamental challenge of discovering what your non-negotiable values are. Right? What are those personal core values that that you make you who you are? When you don't know what those are, Mm -hmm. um, you don't know what to look for in a safe space. Right. Right. So, when you know what your values are, um, you can look. For people who share those values, you can look for evidence that those values are present in a particular place and it lets you know whether or not this has the potential to be a safe space or not, right? And I think that that is one of the big challenges (laughs) is that it starts with the what, not with the why. You have to start with what are your non-negotiable values because that's where the why is born from. And so... When, when we're talking about somebody sharing their story and showing up authentically, um, how can you be authentic when you have no idea what makes you authentic? Right. And that's the, what, what we have discovered is that it's pretty much what we have figured, at least on our, um, research is that it's less than 1% of the people can mm-hmm. tell you definitively what their five non-negotiable values are they can give you an idea of what they think is really important mm-hmm. but those are not non-negotiable values those are things that are important and we treat those things like they're you know very, very close to each other but in fact they are miles apart from each other. And so it's, it's part of the challenge, I think, when, when you get into these sort of values work, which is the very foundation for which things like sharing your story really happens. Um, If you want it to resonate, it's resonating because there are points of connection um, between values among people. And so, you know, why do we see extremism um, no matter if it's political or it's, sports or its you, fandom or what, whatever that might be um the reason that you see extremism sort of flourish is because the one thing they do really well is connect values and if the value that you possess, possess is really evident in someone else even if it's you know n- not necessarily good for society <laughs> Um, it makes it easy to connect because you recognize it because it's in you. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the challenge, I think, <clears throat> that, that happens with that sort of thing.
2: I, I was going to say, you know, before Molly jumps in, I think the reason that you guys probably are in lockstep, you, you resonate with some of the same language, Molly. You're saying, why is it that we don't share our story enough and you're doing the same thing? I think the you know the experience that you've had is... Why aren't people either exuding or even able to verbally say, here's my values? Because they don't do that work. Thankfully, you've got the assessment. You do work, Molly, uh, you know, between the two of you, the more that you can get people to get into that Mm headspace and they can put these into real life, or at least for some people who think they know what their personal values are. But in fact, they're really something else because of how they live their life. I think there's an epiphany for them and you know and again both of you are probably doing this type of work and that I guess my question would be I know we were already dabbling a little bit in in your third one you know before we jumped the gun why don't we see you know people telling their story enough and I was a little bit surprised because I would think I guess when I think pre 4 or 5 years ago right now people are easily able to do this because they can jump on social media. I think people become very bold, sometimes brazen, maybe it is extreme, like you said. Mm-hmm. But I think people don't have as much of a problem saying, here's who I am, here's my authentic self, here's my story, here's my values, whether it's true or not, but they had no problem saying it. I, I don't know if people were really doing that half a decade ago. And maybe it's it's too much because the safe space, and again, this will get to your third your third point here later on. Is you know where do you do that maybe other than social? So, I, I'm I'm saying a lot here, but um, maybe just to expand and especially Brant, what you were just talking about. Why don't we share our story enough? Like, why 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 don't people do this? Do they feel they're going to be attacked or canceled, or it's going to be wrong and you're going to be judged? What why do you think that is, Molly?
1: Yes, to all of those things. I mean, all of it. Yeah, I think so much of it is fear, and like I said before, like it's fear of not belonging. It's fear of not, you know, being loved. It's fear that like the, you know, the, I think the things, you know, when we're not, um, when we are not being nice to other people or groups of people or judging Mm -hmm. groups of people or, you know, um, whatever, like it's, what is the reason? It's because we're fear. we're fearful of something. It's always like everything comes down i think to um to f- fear and yeah. so like i can't help but think like anything that anybody ever says like if they're being mean or they're yelling something or whatever it's like okay what are you actually afraid of what's the root cause of like this anger right now um mm-hmm. and also and so like if you're feeling that way about other groups of people like so- surely you're worried also that uh, you know other people are going to feel that way about you um I think it's, I think fear is, it's, it's such a driver. And I think that's part of the reason why, like, it's easier to, you know, find connection with people with shared values, even if they're not, um, you know, ideal or helpful or kind values. Um,
2: Which is one of the solutions to your question. You're, you know, your thought could be, you need to find other people that have some shared values could be one way, Right.
1: Right. But another okay. way is, you know, and, I, and I'll talk about this more in a minute, but like is it's so important to also listen to other people, you know, like sharing your story is so important and listening to other people share theirs is as important, maybe even more important um, because You know, if you sit down next to somebody at a bar, say, who you would never normally talk to, you probably, you know, maybe has completely different values than you, has a completely different upbringing, maybe a different religion, maybe a different color of skin, like something – But you sit and, you know, you might have all sort of like preconceived notions and judgments about that person. But if you sit down next to that person at the bar and you just start asking them questions and you start hearing their story, all of a sudden they become a a human. They become 100 percent human Mm -hmm. because we can't it's Brownie Brown Brown talks about this a lot. But like we're not just like naturally wired to like cause harm on other people. Right. We have to there in order to do that, you have to be able to see other people or groups of people as, you know, somewhat less than 100% human. But the antidote to that is talking to them and listening to them and and hearing their life stories because you, can, it's so hard to not think of another person as 100% human when you're sitting next to them at a bar and you're hearing like, you know, some struggle that they went through yesterday or they lost their, you know, spouse or whatever, like all of a sudden everything changes, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it makes sense. It makes me want to hear now. What what is your second (laughs) thought that rocks around how to tell your story?
1: Yes. So my second thought that rocks is that changing our internal narratives changes our external experiences and then allows us to write our next chapters. So what does that mean? (laughs)
2: I don't know. I'm to write it <laughs> all down. Is. Say it again. That was that was fancy. That was, that okay. was good. say it one more time.
1: Changing our internal narratives changes yes. our so, external experiences. Ah. Uh, okay. Right. Okay. So. So
0: I, I know you're going to say something. We have a friend who who also is a um, ICF accredited coach, okay. and, and so I there's a phrase that he would use, and he used it so much I wanted to punch him straight in the face. Just so you know. Um, <laughs> But it was this, he'd start off with this, I tell myself a story, or I see you and I tell myself this story. And he would say it over and over. And I know it's something that he had just had learned. He had like was fresh out of the whatever <laughs> the academy. And and uh, you know, he kept telling his <laughs> and saying it over. And I'm like, I tell myself a story that I'm gonna punch you straight in the face if you keep saying I tell myself this story. <laughs> but I assume that what he was saying is rooted in what you're about to explain.
1: So, so-
0: I, I promise I'm not punching.
1: I'm not, this, I wanted I, to. I'm not totally if you heard sure how many
0: times he said it. You would have been like enough oh. with the, I tell myself a story. Yeah.
2: This is the CPC handshake that they That's all, they idea. all know That's
1: this. Right. <laughs> yes. 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 Well, that, well right. So, but the, I mean, this is what I was saying in the beginning. Like we all tell ourselves stories. Right. And, um, and oftentimes they're like, they're, um, well they're one sided it's just our point of view and as we have all heard like there's yes. you know three sides to every story probably more but when you share your story with somebody you like you just said before you're creating a connection with another person right so vulnerability invites vu- vulnerability and it creates connection and so often so there are a few things about this but like so often we believe that we are alone in our feelings that like no one else has ever felt this like icky thing that we're feeling and that is a really heavy load to carry alone and I think you you were also saying something about this earlier but like I always like to say that um like we're unique in our details of our story and we're not so unique in our thoughts and feelings and emotions So most likely whatever you're feeling, the other person you're telling to is feeling the same way or has felt that way in some point or knows somebody else who has right and when you know that you're not alone. You're not the only one who has ever had this experience or felt this way. You share the load with those other people. And obviously, when you're sharing a heavy load, what happens? It gets lighter and it gets easier, right? Yeah. Um, The other part to this is you're able to like detach your identity from the meaning of that experience. I talk about identity a lot, a lot of my podcasts and out in the world and with clients. Um, But it, it becomes more of an like an I did versus an an I am. Um, And also like the idea that we are, that we, you know, we attach our identity to like the things that we do, the, um, the, um, titles that we have, the, like our successes, our failures, our relationship statuses. And like, that's not what our identity is really. Um, what else you, you, um, you might be able to, you might receive something, this is a coaching thing, but you might receive like some sort of acknowledgement and validation, which might sound something like, um, you know, the other person might sound something like, wow, like you were, that sounds like you were really in a bind like anyone would have responded that way or oh my god i probably would have done the same thing or i've i've done that before you know which is a really useful way to sort of regroup regroup your feelings create acceptance for what was happening and also to help to reframe what happened and what our role was in like that situation and experience um yeah
0: we have a friend vin jang as one of our speaker buddies Mm -hmm. um who is amazing. uh, He's an incredible magician, um, but, but actually a communications expert. Yeah. And uh, he he teaches these classes. And one of the things I saw the other day in one of his new posts, um, he's talking about creating these points of connection. Mm -hmm. And I think this really ties in well with what you're talking about of both How do you you know? Sort of what you're going to get into next is how you tell your story. Um, But uh, the fact that you are telling your story, but you're also listening. um, The the he would say that whenever somebody asks you a question, how you answer that question is really not about giving them an answer. It's about giving them points of potential connection. Mm -hmm. So if somebody somebody said, you know, where'd you grow up? And I just said uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. I mean, it's, it's all or nothing. Like they either there's something there or whatever, but if I said, Oh, you know what? I grew up in this sort of small, cold, uh, little town where all of our liquor stores are off the highway. Uh, it's in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, where we're all wicked smart. Right. And so like, if I answered the question in that way, I just gave so many points of potential connection. It could be cold. It could be small. It could be, Liquor stores off the highway. It could be wicked smart, which the accent up in Boston, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's all of the things that um, are these potential points that give people more opportunity to connect with you. And I think that that is such a brilliant way Mm -hmm. of when we talk about um, telling our stories. If we thought about it in ways of giving people opportunities to connect and not
2: just telling whatever it is that we want to tell. Well, it's like Ty Bennett says, it's more important to be interested than interesting. And you know, one of the things, Molly, you know, when I was at Hard Rock, I ran training for them for for a couple of decades, but we actually got trained in the seven habits of highly effective people, which is still very popular out there. But, you know, I went out and was trained with several of the senior executives there and had a chance to meet Stephen Covey quite a bit. And, you know, you started talking a little bit about listening more to others in your previous thought, but it, it goes into this too. And part of the training that we did is... There are there are some techniques, some transitional phrases that you can use, but the ultimate core, which is really brand what you're talking about, like if you just let it slide and you're just sort of halfway hearing because you're getting ready to respond the way that you want to respond versus totally listening to the extent that I understand you, not just in a conversation, the connection could be man, that's got to be tough. Yeah. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. I truly understand. What, what did you do about that? There, It's going to take a little bit more time, a little bit more patience, but you get to nirvana a whole lot quicker than point, counterpoint. You're making a point. I'm making a point. One of us is going to win the, the conversation. So I, I, you know, when you say changing your internal narratives could be, if I'm trying to get to the point of, I really do want to connect, like you say, I really do just have to shut my yapper for a little bit, listening, listen a little bit more, mm-hmm. and maybe, just maybe, I might see your perspective. I might have my opinion changed. I might see a different way of viewing it, which uh, is is what we all hope for. Right, Molly?
1: Yes, totally. And I um, I think you were just referring to, I was listening to one of your episodes from a few weeks ago with, I, and I can't remember who it was, but who was talking about how to ask better questions that's yeah. what you're referring to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was such a good episode. Everybody should go listen to that episode again.
2: <laughs> yes. Um,
1: um, but yeah, I think, you know, listening and staying curious and asking curious questions and, um, you know, I mean, this is hard, but not, you know, trying not to make assumptions and judgments and stuff like that. And obviously we're human, so we're going to do those things and that's also okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but really, yeah, just like listening and staying curious and, um, yeah, it's the best. It's the best way to connect. There's, I'm no doubt. I'm forgetting, but you, do you know who Adam Grant is? You probably know who Adam Grant is.
2: Adam Grant, yeah, yeah. Sure.
1: yep. And he has, um, he wrote a book like a year or so that came out, um, that's called Think Again or Rethinking, Rethinking. And he talks about that, like, like different way, like, like how we're different. Everyone's like either like a politician or a preacher or um, a sales salesman or I can't, I'm like going to get this all wrong or a scientist. Basically the point is, is that we want to think like a scientist, Um, you know, like that's like the ideal sort of way to be. And, and so that's basically just being like staying really curious and wanting to be like being open to being proved wrong because if we're always just like trying to prove ourselves right, we're never, we're not, we're not growing we're not yeah. um we're not learning so like the ideal thing is actually to have our minds change because that means we're actually like growing as human beings
2: we just had this conversation yesterday when we were with our friend alan stein jr and i was talking about that awesome scene if you're a fan at all of ted lasso oh yeah he's playing darts and he's got the antagonist and he's just hitting the darts wherever he wants and the last one is the bullseye shot but he's like and he was making a point. There were a lot of things he said, but he said, if you were to just have been curious, you would know a little bit more about me, about my background, what makes me tick. And he was making a leadership point that this is how we should live as humans. If you're just a little bit more curious, what a what a difference it would really make. It's just one of the great scenes in there. And I know a lot of people are using Ted Lasso clips these days, but it really goes to the essence of your your thought here.
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, i love Ted Lasso for that reason. I mean, it's just, it's so, it's so good. And like, as, you know, setting all this stuff and being life coaches, like it's so obvious what's happening, like what they're doing and what they're, you know, like the things, the points that they're trying to get across and they do it so well. And like for the masses, it's just such a smart show, but I love that example. It it's so good. Yeah.
2: Listen, we will be right back after this message.
0: You've got questions. We've got answers. Get what you need for your business, when you need it, from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen
2: to your favorite podcasts. All right, Molly, bring us home. What is your third? You kind of already gave it away earlier on. What What is the third thought that rocks when it comes to you know telling your story?
1: Um, okay, so <laughs> the third thought that rocks is... Um, is how do we tell our story? Like telling your story is hard and can be scary as we've already said. And so like, where do you even start? So we've already talked about this. Social media. Yeah. Social media. Mia, Maybe (laughs) you can start on social media. You can start on a stage. Like that's honestly one of the places that I started was, uh, was telling my story on stages like moth style. But I'm not yeah. like telling everyone to go out and do that unless that sounds like fun to you, in which case, by all means, go, go for it. Land. It's yeah. so fun. Um, But, you know, sort of like what we've been getting at, you know, telling your story, telling your story, when I say tell your story is kind of just a fancy way of saying, talk about yourself and your experiences, right? Find somebody, as you were saying, find someone you trust who is capable of really listening. So maybe that's a friend, maybe that's a partner, a coach, a therapist, ideally, if it's not a coach or a therapist, it's really important to ask for what you need. Um, so maybe that's something like, "I'm not looking for advice. I really just need you to listen. Can you do that?" Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's something like, "Would you be willing to listen?" And you know, can you reflect back what you're hearing from me so that you can, you know, rethink mm-hmm. some of it? You can hear another perspective. Um, tell someone your story and listen to them tell you theirs. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, go start listening to other people. So go out into the world, go to a storytelling event, listen to a podcast. I mean, this is, you know, what we do, but just listen yeah. again. We kind of already went over that, but of course listening is, um, it's motivating. It's like, it's creates, a, even if you're just listening over a podcast, like you're yeah. still creating some sort of connection. You know, you're still like, all of a sudden you're like, okay, I felt that way. I don't feel so alone. That person is sharing their story in a podcast. Okay, great. Um, What else? Get curious. Like all the things we were just like, get really curious about others, other people's experiences, ask lots of questions. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're still having trouble after all of that, like if you still are just like, I have, I don't know where to begin. I'm feeling stuck. I feel icky start by writing it down, start by journaling. And if you don't know what to journal, Google some journal props, there is a gazillion out there. Um, So all of those are really, really helpful. And of course, I think we'll we'll agree that, you know, getting a coach or therapist is really helpful.
2: Well, I'm, I'm, I act really as Branch therapist now already, but, but I know you have uh, this example. I don't know if you were already thinking this, but when you're talking about proof of your value, so I'm going back a little bit, which is one great way. Talk about the person that you spoke after. And it was all about taking the picture. You use that now in your session. I think that's a great way to tell your story. You might have to set it up.
0: Yeah. So several years ago I was speaking at a conference. um, And the person uh, speaking in front of me was a, Uh, ethnographer and a product development specialist. And she wrote a book called Everything We Touch. Uh, She also is an amazing photographer. And this book, she followed around 62 different people, um, all different ages, uh, races, sexual orientation, you name it, um, a really good cross-section of the world. And uh, basically documented everything uh, they touched for 24 hours. And at the end of the day, she would take all of those items and, and put them together in one photograph. Uh, and so, you know, they woke up and they put on their slippers, they brushed their teeth, they did some yoga, they took the dog for a walk. They, you start to see all of these items, um, chronologically in this photograph. And it really starts to give you an idea of what really matters to someone when you see what they choose to touch, um, over the course of 24 hours. Wow. And it led me to really on the path that I've been for years now, which is even when I thought I had figured it out and I said, here are the values that, that mattered to me. My next question was, Where's the proof? Yeah. What if somebody followed me around for 24 hours? Would they see any proof of the things that I'm saying are, are my non-negotiables? Yeah. And the truth was may, maybe, <laughs> um, but not deliberately. Mm-hmm. And that was a problem for me because I, I, it made, it, it made me realize that I was winging it and I wasn't living, living my life with deliberate intention. And so that's what big shift happened was, okay, it's not just about discovering what these values are, proving they're real. It's about intentionally speaking these values into existence every day, um, towards and through my values to have the type of impact that I was going for. And so when I started to do that, my whole life changed, everything changed. And, and I started to see some of those things that I wanted manifested for myself, um, as a guy who doesn't believe in manifestation, <laughs> um, it really it, it it made me understand what I would call practical manifestation. I'm not claiming some bullshit, you know, Lamborghini in my driveway. I am I am I am That'd using nice. the things that matter most to me to you know manifest some sort of impact that I can control only what comes out of my mouth, not how they're going to accept it, not how the outcome is going to, yeah. You know,
1: I love that idea so much. And I totally agree. I, Brené Brown again, um, she's top of mind today, I guess. Um, she talks about aspirational values versus lived values. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really, like, that's basically what you're illustrating there is, um, yeah, we, we can have values, but are we actually living them day to day? And that's okay that we're not just like staying aware of it. Um, yes, But I think
2: if you were taking all the things that you said, Molly, if you said, you know, I'm reading books, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm journaling, I'm going to start deliberately listening more. If like you took, I I think you listed like 10 things. (laughs) If you did all those and, and those are, most of those are little to no cost. It's a little bit more time, a little bit more focus. Mm -hmm. Now it would be a little bit of, of some rigor, a little bit of effort to take a photograph of everything that you touch. But I bet you I, as an outside third-party layman, could pick up anybody's photograph and go, I understand this person. I, I know kind of, not maybe not 100%, but that is like, a, you talk about physical manifestation of who this person is. I at least have a better shot at it. Mm-hmm. So if you can't actually do that, I don't know what the equivalent would be other than you were already making the comments about deliberate intention. How could I... Maybe not physically go and collect all these items, but how could I just be a little bit more deliberate about what I say is important and valuable to me, and it actually is. And that, in its sense, you're telling your story. You're just you're you're putting it out there for the world to see if that's what you want, right?
1: Yeah, I love that idea so much of of the photos and stuff. Um, but yeah, I Paula mean, Zuccotti just, is her name, by the way. What is Paula? Her name?
2: Pa-
0: Paula Zuccotti Paula is,
1: Zuccotti. is her.
0: Yeah. yeah, she is. Um, I think she's lives in Spain as far as she did at the time anyways. Um, but she's brilliant and that book is amazing. Yeah. Like you can pick it up on Amazon still, but it's an amazing book to see. She did everything from like a nun where the, like the most interesting one to me, there was two, one was a two year old and they, they had touched the most items. There was like a hundred things they touched because that's all <laughs> they do is go around and touch everything. Right. But then there was a nun. And the only thing she touched in 24 hours was her smock, her rosary, the Bible. Yeah, that and that sounds a shoes. lot. Like it was wow. maybe five things wow. and nothing mm. else, right? Yeah. And it just makes you go, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get it that. puts it into perspective.
1: Yeah. That's so interesting. And yeah. like to your point, Jim, I, I think like, um, you know, if you're not going to go out and just take pictures or you're not going to journal or whatever, like a, uh, maybe – you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking like, well, maybe you could just, one, you go for a walk, like pay attention to the things that like strike you and what you notice. Like, cause yeah. you know, if you and I go out for a walk together, we're going to notice different things and we're going to pay totally. attention to different things. So that could be like a, a really easy sort of practical way to also get started on this, I guess.
2: I agree. Right. Paula Zaccati, That's a long, I, I like Molly cider. Like if I was in a bar, like you said, I'll have
1: a Molly cider and, uh,
2: Mollie, Mollie,
0: you, uh, not, you don't already have that trademark. You should have your <laughs> own cider.
1: I'm just you know right exactly. I have a friend who makes cider up in um, upstate New York. So maybe I'll make him. Uh, well, I, see, make there one. you go. Use <laughs> yeah.
0: your wine background. You throw in a little bit of this and that. and You get make a Molly cider. Yeah, yeah. Come that's on. it. Like, that's, it sounds delicious. I'm
2: going to get one right after. <laughs> this episode. So Me too. Holly, where, where can people um, get a little bit more access to you or maybe just – some of the learnings anything that you're working on right now uh where can we send people i mean i really want them to check out your podcast it was uh i am this age that's right uh, is the name of the podcast but where can we send people
1: yeah so um check out the podcast for sure because i'm you know i help people like kind of pull out their stories there but it's also stories of change and people who are making change at um an age over 40. um but Mm -hmm. you can also see me you can also get in touch with me through my website which is just molly and by the way that's spelled with an s not a c um (laughs) and you can also if you want like you know just to interact with me a little bit more on on all of this stuff um you can follow me on instagram i'm molly at this age like i am this age but molly at this age um yeah those are the best places
2: all right. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. We're so thankful. I mean, it's funny because, you know, sometimes we will get referrals and we know a lot of people either in music, education, hospitality and now speaker authors. Or- to be uh, a a lot of people that come on the show but again for you to have listened to a show and then sort of put yourself out there it it just
0: she told her story jim she
2: did and it resonated (laughs) with you you were like
0: this is the best email
2: ever (laughs) yes please it was too cool (laughs) we're just so thankful that you just spent a little bit of time with us and uh yeah we're going to keep an eye on your journey and honestly we we need to have molly back on to just talk about wine we're gonna do a whole different episode yes Wine and food. I'm well.
1: happy to talk about anytime. This has been so fun. I'm so I'm so grateful to be on here and um, to have this like very very thoughtful conversation with the two of you. So thank you.
2: Same here. Thank listen, you. we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Rock on. Take care.
0: Hey rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in.
2: Yeah. And Listen, we know how busy you are, and grabbing those little nuggets of wisdom that can amp up your life are super hard to come by. So we hope this episode helped you enough for you to maybe subscribe and consider leaving us a rating and a review so that we can continue to grow the show. Thus That Rock is a proud
0: member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and also supports Cannonball Kids Cancer and their fight for finding and funding treatment options for kids who have run out of options. They're amazing. Their work is incredible. To learn more, please go to cannonballkidscancer.org.
2: Finally, if you're interested in having Grant or Jim or both of us speak at your event, whether as a virtual webinar or an in-person conference keynote or mastermind, contact us directly at at thoughtsatrock.com. Until next time, rock on!
1: Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, your gateway to a new dimension of wellness Featuring discussions with world-renowned experts, pioneers, champions, and professionals. Experience high-end production, sophistication, and easily applicable tips and tricks for everyday life. Your journey to wellness, it starts here and it starts now. Tune in to the Wellness Driven Life Show and become a part of the evolution of Driven Living.